I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Oh, today is going to be a very special episode. It is with Christy Levy. She has been on the podcast. This will be her third time. Second one, just her and I, but the other time she was with Gary Temple Bodley. And the first time, if you want to go back before you could listen to this one, it was back in February of 2023, episode 147, where she describes her background and we get more in depth of you know where she came from, how she discovered her gifts. And today we don't do that. We go right into her, her gifts. And I just think Christy's like just a dear friend of mine. We got to meet each other at the Joshua retreat. And I had this, well, I had a few people that we all mutual friends that were like, Ashley, interview Christy again. And she's like developed so many more new gifts or she's uncovered her magic even more, I guess is a better way to say it. And it's so true. It's amazing. You're going to be in awe of her discoveries of when she says everyone has her abilities. I think what the one takeaway that I have from listening to her, talking to her on this episode was you need to do the work. You need to do the meditation. You need to, if you get an inspired idea, do it. And, you know, me and my automatic writing, that's really opened up so much for me. And I don't know, just a fun episode. You're going to love it. But let me read you a bio from her website because I I was just reading it just now and I was like, oh, I love this. This is such a great way of explaining her what she is here to do on this earth as Christy Levy. So Christy helps people discover and process the unseen causes of the insecurity, disharmony, imbalance, and anxiety that are blocking them from their innate potential. Through life experience, you have created mental constructs that have become self-limiting. To experience the unimaginable, you must uncover, redefine, and process beliefs that stand between you and everything you truly want. Christy's abilities allow her to see what you cannot see. She has access to non-physical entities, spirit guides, and even loved ones who have transitioned. If you have an issue, you will not see it because you exist in the illusion. If you have a question, the answer will elude you because you remain in the vibration of the question. Your guides and loved ones view you and your life from the highest perspective so they will know the root cause of any issue. They will eliminate illuminate it and then give you action steps to address it. I love that. 
because she does all that and is so gifted and is so beautiful. I love her soul. You know, when you meet someone on a Zoom link and then you finally get to meet them face to face, just that energy exchange is so different. And it's just, I was saying in the beginning of this episode, it's just, you just know you're connected. You know, these face to face connections is why I'm starting these retreats that I am so excited about. The one in January here in San Diego, I just want more connection. I want more face to face. I think we've been behind this camera for the last few years and it's time to connect. And I think that's going to be my word for 2024 is connection. Anyway, and I just, I just love her. So I know you will too. And this is the day after Christmas. So I hope everyone had a wonderful holiday and a beautiful Christmas. And I know how special those memories are, especially to me and my family. So I just wish you all a beautiful after Christmas memory and a new year coming and all the beautiful blessings that will come in this new year for you. And we are opening up to you know, just thinking of 2024, it's an eight year and I love eight. So I'm excited about what we will create in 2024. But come along with me. Come on January 8th is when we decided because the first Monday of January is the first of January. So we are going to do our call Monday evening, five o'clock Pacific on the 8th of January. And then we'll go back to the first. Monday of the month after that, but we didn't want to miss it. We had a special Monday call in December in this month with uh, Vanessa Stewart. It is on my YouTube channel. If you wanted to see it and you missed it, please go on to YouTube and um, you will find that there. You will also find the other episodes if you wanted to watch them, you know, watch them instead of listen to them on this podcast, go look and watch them on YouTube. It's kind of fun to see who you're listening, the voices, and then you can put a face to it. I'm more of a visual person, I think. So I enjoy watching the YouTube videos. And then I'm also still offering my buy one, get one for raising confidence. I want to spread these tools to every child and teenager and adult parent, whoever is willing to put their selves through this with me. I am so ready to make this world the vibration, raise the vibration. And I know with this program that I created called Raising Confidence, it does that. And I've seen it witnessed in so many homes and so many parents and so many testimonials of these kids that everything has shifted, even just from the kids doing the program in their house, in the family. And that is my full on passion. And I know most of you know that, but reach out to me. I wanted to do something special for December. And it was like, you know what? (laughs) Buy one, get one. Who can say no to that? So let's do this, people. Let's start the year off and inspire these kids to dream bigger, know their values, you know, have this morning routine that I think is so important learn how to get rid of these limiting beliefs before they get off into the world without, you know, under our roof and that you can believe that they can conquer anything that they know they can, that they can be, do, or have anything. So connect with me, take advantage of the buy one, get one free. I 
I won't do that again. I've already received so many people from that and I'm so grateful, but I just, we have a few more days of December. So take advantage of that. If you know anybody, pass on the word. It's time to raise the vibration and make 2024 a magical year. And we will start February will be the program, will, when the program will start. So let's get that signed up. And don't forget about the retreat. If you're going, if you wanted to get on the wait list in case someone cancels, January 21st, right here in Mission Bay at the beautiful Zlack Rowing Club. Can't wait. It's going to be an amazing breathwork, sound bath. And Kate Ekman from my podcast, she's coming down from Orange County to speak and share her wisdom and also Lawn Art, who has been on this podcast twice. She is coming. She lives locally. She is going to come speak and share her book and her cards and her wisdom as well. So it's beautiful. I'm excited. And then we will build on to the next one. So anyway, you're going to love this episode with Christy as much as I loved it being with her. We could have talked for hours. <laughs> it's so funny how time goes by so fast when you're so in it. And I was in it with Christy. So enjoy the show. Welcome, Christy. Thank you, Ashley. This is awesome. It's great oh, to be invited back a second time. Well, actually, third, third time. right? Ah, third time. Ooh. I feel <laughs> very special. <laughs> you are very special. And I was thinking here while I was waiting and pondering my Christy life together as we've connected in this life of ours over the last couple of years. And I was thinking about like past lives, like thinking of going back, like I know we're connected in some way. It's just that connection. And I've gotten to be more tuned into even being at the retreat with you in May, you know, knowing that we're, there's so much more to this life that we've learned in the last few years, right? If you had asked me 18 months ago, I would have said past lives were a load of crap. <laughs> That's the thing about me is that I keep eating my words. I just huh. keep, I say, no, no, there's nothing to that. And then sure enough, as I move along, I actually get really physical, what do you want to call it? Verification of Proof? it? Yeah. Yeah. And the more that I go, the more I, I'm starting to recognize that those, especially those people that you, when you meet them, you feel it. Right. You've done it. We've done this dozens, hundreds of times in different ways and different roles because the minute you meet, you just, it takes you 30 seconds to get very deep into a conversation. You just feel that love for someone. Mm -hmm. And that's what it was like with you. And now I'm starting to really understand that's exactly true. And they don't all have to be earth either. I'm right. getting that message, right? These lives are all over the place. We're not the only planet out there. No, I, you know, it's like, I remember Gary, one of the things he used to always say, or Joshua would say, when you leave this physical body and you enter this place, you're going to say, that's who you were? Like you were that person in me to my <laughs> life? Like what? And I love that because it makes you look at different 
like looking back at your life and thinking that was a, that relationship was like terrible or you're like, they're all part of this plan, this whole, you know, our expansion on this earth and the school that we decided to come to. Right. Right. Yep. Exactly. The first time that anyone ever said something to me about past lives and specifically about me was actually Gary. And I think at the time he, didn't really get it. He knew what he was channeling with Joshua, guides, supporters, and past lives. But he said he really felt like they were, I don't know, not patronizing, but right. they were just trying to make everyone feel good. That's really what he thought as he Mm -hmm. was channeling that. And we were together several years ago at a group event. And Gary said to me, I was talking about the situation with my boyfriend that was murdered and my you know ex-husband had murdered him and Gary goes into a Joshua rant he I can tell and I could tell them when he slipped it was no longer Gary right and he's explaining to me this soul contract and that this group of us these my boyfriend my ex-husband it was just this whole group of us were like a band of brothers in the non-physical doing this stuff and this event was orchestrated for me as part of our soul contract. And that this time in this life, it was to shoot me off, wake me up and shoot me off like a rocket to uncover talents, abilities to fulfill some purpose. And this was long before I had uncovered any psychic ability, any of that. And I said, okay, now that's Joshua. And I thought, and that started me thinking, okay, well, maybe that's possible, but I still. I still didn't believe it. It's taken me a long time to just walk through and get to the point where I, okay, I 100% believe it now. Right. Oh, I so much more, so much clarity in my life. And I feel like my life is, so I was looking back, we, I had you on just you in February of 2023. So really in a year we've had, you know, this will go out at the end of December. And when I looked back at thinking of our growth, you know, and what we've discovered. And I'm looking at your growth and what you've discovered and what you've uncovered in your gifts and how it just continues to like delight you, like surprise and delight you, whatever Abraham says. And it's like, when I had you on in February, I got off there and I said, I take life too seriously. And I I think it was like my dad came through when you did your, and I remember thinking, why do I look at life that was my, what I said after I had you on was to people, wow. like, oh, I had Christiana. What my big aha moment was, was I take life too seriously. And since then, it's been a year of, you know what? Like I look at anything, like anything, even with the girls, my worry or the, you know, her press page driving for the first time, all the little things that are, you know, a mom worries about. I just, I let it go and I know that it's perfect. And I've always had that in my head because Gary always, or Joshua had always said, everything's perfect. And I've really taken that upon me. And that's definitely one of my words that I use all the time. But tell me how you have lived. You know, I, I mean, that's a big, long story. <laughs> it's I mean, great. What, what, give me some like aha moments. I mean, you've brought the last time it was, you know, white light. I don't even think had really started to expand until I saw you in May. And then you're like my science teacher talking about protons and neutrons and DNA. And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> so let's what go, is she just doing? take me. 
Take me right. So yeah, because in February when we talked, I had been verbally channeling white light, but only for three or four months verbally. And then the quantum life theory course started coming through in around that time, maybe March or April. So yeah, it's, it was coming quick. You know, the first one for me was the moment when I was doing automatic writing and what came out was you were everything and nothing. But it, what came out as I was writing was you are worthless. And I went through that process of, is that a limiting belief? Do I believe I'm worthless? And then getting to that discovery of I am and worth everything. That was a big one for me. And then since that retreat, that those (laughs) doing that for the first time in a group live channeling white light in a group live and really starting to understand letting go of my death grip on an outcome. That is such a relief to me. It's still a challenge all the time. I'm having people for dinner, right? And it is important to me that everything is delicious. Why? That everything's perfect, that everything finishes at the same time. So I will kill myself to do this magnificent thing. And it's going to be what it's going to be. Right. And there's nothing I can control in it. I just can follow my inspiration and say, well, if the rolls are burnt or if the meat is overcooked, that's what it's going to be. I can just relax and follow my inspiration here and allow it to unfold in whatever the best way for it to unfold is. And if I have a manifestation event, if I experience something that causes negative emotion, then that's the best thing for me. And I know what to do with that. It doesn't have to kill me. It doesn't have to drop me, right? I just, okay. And I think that aha, right? That just let go of what the outcome needs to be. What does it really matter? It's going to be what it's going to be. So just relax. And I think I've enjoyed my life so much more as I just practice that. Every day, I've, I can feel it, right? I can feel myself thinking that something has to be mm-hmm. a certain way. And I can't believe how much I do it. And it's just beautiful. You said that you got off of your call with me and said, I take life too seriously. That's amazing. If if talking to me made you have <laughs> that thought, like to me, that may be the most beautiful thing anybody's ever said to me. Like huh. I... That's the best compliment ever because that's it. This is not a very long time that we're here. Right. I missed out on a lot of things with my daughter trying to see to it that everything was taken care of for her or that everything went a certain way for her. Mm -hmm. And in doing that, I missed out on some of the joy of just being with her by trying to control every outcome. So that's the biggest one for me recently, Ashley, is that just that focus, let go of that death grip. Yes. Oh, and you know, I, I do my automatic writing too every morning and I've been listening. I listen to either megahertz or I just had David Wong on. He does these key chi coils and I listen to like abundance or my pineal gland. I, there's just, I choose something, right? It's just whatever's coming to me. And this automatic writing has been so, it's being becoming so deep and so descriptive and amazing. And I, I can't imagine not having that 
right? And I think of when I think of you and how, you know, I think of learning to really trust what's coming through you and how you just had to learn how to trust. And I say, I always say my favorite two words are trust and surrender. And it was in my life, every time I trusted and surrendered, but I look at that is when the magic started to come. And when I started to see the magic, when it's always, the magic's always there. It's just when you are going to sit there and listen and try to decode it, (laughs) you know, instead of just letting it flow. And what I've learned and what I've watched and observed from you is at the beginning, you had that like wall, like you're kind of like, oh, should I let people know? You know, you're kind of like, do I drop it a little bit? And then it starts to drop and then you start to trust and you start to surrender and people, you know, then you're like, okay, then I, we're all listening and you're saying, I, and then it just keeps building. Don't you feel like that's what happened? Like you just started to trust that and you didn't try to question it or go into it. Like, is this really true? Is this me speaking? Or when you're automatic writing, is this really like, I just know it's not me. I just know it's coming through me and I trust. I don't even question it. Even if it went through my head, oh, is that really me? You know, no, it's not. No, it's not because you've never generated a thought in your life. You never have. You've attracted them. Right. So the higher you get vibrationally, the higher your perspective, the higher the thought, and that's what's happening. That's why you're reaching brilliance. You're speaking with your inner self or channeling something, right? Channeling some other group, just like I do. And that's, it is really interesting, that trust thing. I was telling someone a story about it yesterday. They asked about how this all got started with me, which you know that story and your listeners probably do too. But the journey was sitting with it the first time, the first dead person, right? And hearing it and absolutely refusing to say what the actual phrase that was coming to my mind. I would not say it. So I just said something else. I just asked a question of my friend, right? And then she answered. And in her answer, she said the phrase that was coming to me from her grandmother that had transitioned. And enough experiences like that where I'm getting the message and then I twist it or, you know, purposely, I'm not saying that to her, right? Not saying that that's ridiculous, that can't be true. And so I go about it a different way and then it comes back and I start to recognize it just took time and time again of saying it differently than it was coming to me or not saying it and having the person that I was speaking to in, in the physical give me something that let me know what I was getting was right. And then over the course of time, saying it, having it be right, saying it, having me right, saying it, having someone say, no, I don't know what you mean. That's not right. But then emailing me a week later, oh my gosh, I just remembered this and you're exactly right. This happened to where now after almost two years of it, someone will say, no, that's not right. That's not, I, that can't, no, that, that didn't happen. Or that's, I don't, can't think of anything that you might be talking about. I say, well, that's all right. You will. Yeah. I, was I don't, just gonna say I, that. I I don't doubt it anymore at all. No, it's right. This is what's being said. So you'll figure it out. Yes. Get it. And that confidence took two years of doing it a lot just to get that message. But I clearly know that everyone's getting them. And you know, you and I have a mutual friend that was at the retreat with us that started to or tried to channel beginning and it doubts herself so much, but she is somehow very comfortable with me. 
So she will get things that she feels like are connected to me. And in the last four days, she has sent three messages to me, three text messages. Does this mean anything? And they have been so incredibly spot on that she knew something I was doing right in the moment that she texted me, that she had could have no idea I was alone. Hmm. So everyone has it. And that's what I love. These activations that we're doing, the feedback, I spent 45 minutes reading emails today from people saying, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, this is happening. This is happening. It's incredible. And everyone's popping off with these clairvoyant, clairsentient. It's very interesting. But what, so, yeah, we all have it and we know that. So we all do. And then people are going to be listening going, okay, so how do I get mine to be like activated? And these activations that are newly into the mix that you have discovered and the light language. And I watched the videos from the retreat or something on online that I'm watching Crystal and you doing these. I mean, it's just like I had somebody on my podcast probably two years ago. Her name's Wendy Kennedy. And she did this like same kind of idea, light link. She does her light language. And it was like, what? (laughs) But that's kind of what you're doing. But where did that come from? How did that start? Man, girl, that is the weirdest story. That started a long time ago. Well, okay, a year ago. I was meditating out on the front porch. Gary went to take a nap. and he, all of a sudden, I'm in deep in my meditation and I feel someone there. So I open my eyes, I see his shoes and I look up and it's scary. He said, what were you doing? And I said, meditating. And he said, how long have you been out here? He said he had been napping for an hour and a half. I thought I'd been meditating for five minutes. Huh. I have no idea. And he said, you were speaking a language. What language? He said, I don't know. It was something I didn't recognize. I didn't know I was saying anything. Over the course of time, I did some breath work. I was told there you were speaking light language. What's that? I didn't even know what it was. And so over the course of the year, that language has begun to develop. It's one of those things when you said at the beginning of this, how do I get mine? How do I get my abilities to show up? And this is a perfect opportunity for me to answer that question because you have to just do things. You can't sit down and say, I want this to happen. You have to step out and do it. And the light language came out subconsciously. I was not aware of it. Gary had an injury to his ankle. And he said, would you work on my ankle? And I said, I'm, I wrinkled my nose. I'm not a healer. I don't know what that is. And, you know, and he said, well, just try because it really hurts. And he was limping. So I sat down with him and I got into a little bit of meditative state, put my hands there and I I could feel the energy of it. And sure enough, in that state, then I started to speak this language. And that was the first time that I actually heard it. What is that? And I started to see some little symbols on his leg. And so I just traced him with my hand. And when he got up, he said, my ankle's great. And then it started hurting again the next day. So we did it again and three or four times and it's better. So I realized, okay, well, that's a thing. So then we told some people and Renee said, oh, would you work on my back? And I said, I I don't know what I'm doing, but okay, lay down here and I'll put my hands on it. We'll we'll see what happens. And so I just started doing this stuff and people would see things and wow, what's happening? 
So over the course of time, this stuff started happening until we got the message about activation at the last retreat where you were, that we had some sort of, and I thought activation, I had heard that term. Right. I thought it was ridiculous. I really right. did. So again, I keep eating my words, right? And to me, and I said this to White Light, you can absolutely activate us from the non-physical. We are pure spirit. There is nothing that anyone needs to do here on earth to activate me or activate anyone else. I thought that was really dumb. I, I, really, I mean, it didn't make any sense to me. And White Light explained to me that we are this trinity of mind, body, and spirit. And certain things have to be brought in physically, whether it's a vibration of sound, touch, the drawing that I do on people, the symbols that light up on them and I draw them on their back at different things. They said, these are things that have to be brought in physically. That's why when they speak through me, if I don't download and understand what they're saying, if it's new, for example, Mm -hmm. quantum physics things, if some of that was new, and if I don't understand it, they won't speak it. It has to be brought in physically. If I understand it, they can speak it. So they said, you tend to, all of you, you go on this spiritual path and you ignore the body. You leave the body behind, but it is an equal part of this trinity, mind, body, spirit. So that led me more to it. I had a couple of dreams, meditation dreams about it, got the idea and said, you guys, I want to do these, do it, try something on you. I think it might be an activation. So my friends just let me try it. And things happened, like massive things happened. Like what? Throwing up. Well, man, Ashley, this is so funny. So the first ones I did, I did one for Drew in Tampa. And these are people that allow me to just work on them. Right. <laughs> That's what I'm doing, right? And you're doing that, you're speaking and you're doing something with your hands. Right. They're laying down and I start out just, I get a frequency for them to listen to. So I play that. And I have them do like girls just shirt off like sports bra, lay down on their stomach. And I just get sort of meditative, but I'm completely conscious. And then the light language starts coming. And in Drew's activation, I started speaking another language, something different, a different language, right? Mm -hmm. I know, different Mm -hmm. language. Well, I've started to learn now that what I'm doing is I speak the language of the person I'm working on. And it can activate their language. Many times now, people will speak back to their language. It's crazy. I I don't know what I'm saying. When you say their language, what do you mean? Like their like language from... So everybody has their own light language. There are lots and lots and lots of them. I don't believe there is a unique light language for every person, right? Kind of like on this planet, we have however many languages, but lots of people speak that language. Right. Light language is that way. and. I have spoken mine with some people who are well-versed in it, do understand it, and I've been told that what I speak and sing, because I speak and sing it, is Elohim and Seraphim, which are angelic light languages. Chris, who Chris Morrison, a guy who does the activations with me, speaks a version of a dragon language, which is like an elemental. Right? So um, it's very interesting. And his language is a clearing language. So and I'll, I'll get to that. And then Crystal, who you know, also here works with us here. Crystal does light language with her hands. So it's symbols and code. And she does, it looks like sign language sort of, but it's faster and it's wild. And so the three of us have started to do these activations together. But chronologically, I did Drew's first and I didn't know what I was doing at all, was guessing. And 
I really saw the symbols light up on his back. So I traced them out and spoke this, spoke a language for him. He did not speak back to me. But when we finished, he felt sort of lightheaded. He was a little uncomfortable for a little bit, I think. But some things about the activation, he just didn't remember. He he didn't hear me say certain things. Mm -hmm. So then I came back to North Carolina and I did the same thing with Chris, our friend Chris and our friend Crystal and with Gary one at a time. And they all sat and watched each other's and none of them remember. They don't remember their own Hmm. and they don't remember each other's. I would say things, did you guys hear? Because Chris spoke back to me and I spoke dragon to him. He spoke back. Someone else was there watching it all who did not get activated and she remembered everything. And she was asking questions. What's that language? What's happening? Hmm. Gary and Crystal didn't remember Chris's and vice versa. And when I would work on Crystal and Gary, Chris got up and threw up every time, several times. And he was oh, wow. sick the rest of the night. Crystal was very sick. Gary felt fine, but he was highly emotionally sensitive for a couple of days. So we knew, okay, something is happening here, but we didn't know. Well, then Chris started being able to communicate with dead people and he's, this is crazy. It was just things started happening that were unbelievable. And so then we knew we had something going, started doing a few more. Then we did a group one at a QLT and the feedback there was incredible. Some people feel nothing. doesn't matter. Others have all sorts of things that happen while they're doing it. They hear things in the room and want to know who was that guy shouting over there. There was no guy shouting over there. Was it Chris? No, Chris was over here. I heard his language. No, I mean, somebody just shouting random words. There was nobody there, right? Just, it's bizarre. So yeah, it's really wild. And so of course, Gary asked White Light. We had a whole explanation from both Joshua and White Light on what's happening and it's it's something about moving your body, the DNA in your body to more crystalline DNA or moving you from more physical to more light and allowing your body to catch up with this ascension that you are doing with your mind and your spirit. Your body, the high vibration, your body has to meet up with it. And this right. is something that helps that. So people's intuitive abilities, psychic abilities come online, their belief structures open without them trying. So many things happen. And that has been really interesting. So we started doing this group where people join us for a month and we do one activation a week and it's incredible. I don't know how we got here, but that's when you do you look at it like because we're at this certain stage, like, you know, people are removing in this new to this new level of, you know, dimension or whatever anyone wants to call it. The next density, I think is density. Okay. But I think that's what white light, white light and Josh would call it density, which, yeah. Right. So it's like in order to even get there, this had to come into, into your world. Like you had to, this is the next, next step to get us to ascension, to get to the next density. I think it's a part of it. Yeah. I mean, it, things just seem to unfold so naturally as we move along here. When I first started channeling, we created the, basic training course. And then we did the foundations course. So we were doing these courses and people in the Joshua community and new people were doing these classes, having the experiences and raising their perspective very quickly. So it seems like the next thing that came about, it all overlaps, was me learning and understanding this activation thing to the extent that I do. I'm learning it right along with everyone else. 
and then bringing Chris and Crystal doing theirs. And then it became just easily understood that the three of us would do them together. And so, yeah, I think it, it goes along with a part of it as a hand in hand piece. It's, it's gentle. It's pretty easy to do, right? It's certainly not going to hurt anyone. Right? It's, it's this beautiful right. thing. You do a meditation every day for three or four days leading up to it. You do your activation and you move on and the experience is now some people do experience some being tired, feeling sort of sick for a few hours or 24 hours, different things. It does have an impact. But yeah, I think it is a part of that next step to just help you ascend more easily, open up your belief structure more easily and adjust that body to this much higher density that you're running around in. Yeah. And the- does, do you feel like you need an intention before you have the activation? I, you know, I look, I think of that and I think of everyone around you is open. You know, they're ready. They're at your retreat. They're sitting in your presence. They're ready. I mean, I think of Chris when I met him, he didn't have any, anything that like that in May. And now we're just in December and he's done all that. Like, but it's because when you say, how can I do that? Or we all have that. It's because you're, moving forward. You're taking the breadcrumbs. You're doing it. You're, if you get an inspired thought of, I'm going to start doing, you're going to go meditate on the front porch and, you know, I'm going to, it's like, cause you're doing it. Like people can sit there and say they want to do it all day, all day long. But, you know, I, I, as using as Chris, for an example, he had to start moving forward. Right. He did it for every one of us. It started with and like you, taking the classes, doing the boot camp, taking this stuff in and actually doing that work, doing a daily spiritual practice, doing the morning meditation, then at night doing the assignments, finding those limiting beliefs when and doing that work. And then you, you get to a certain point where you start to open up and you can hear different inspiration. In Chris's case, the, the activation that I did one-on-one with him. He was already doing a little bit of light language, but say in June or July, I did these activations on the three of them here and the light language opened up for him a lot. But at the QLT event, the weekend event of quantum life theory, someone asked me to do the activations on them. I didn't offer. And I had just been telling them the story that I told you about the three of them on the porch doing their, doing these activations and laughing about how I couldn't believe they let me touch them because I don't know what I'm doing. So, and, and they were all fascinated with this and we're relaxing at the end of the day. And, and someone in the group said, Christy, would you be willing to do these activations on us? And I said, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can do it for a group. I, I don't know. And then everyone's, Oh yeah, yeah. Come on. Come on. Let's do it. Let's do it. So I said, all right, let's go. So then I looked over at Chris and I said, you're going to do it with me. And he turned green. He wanted to throw up and run. <laughs> he was so nervous. And he said, oh, I, oh, I don't think I can. Said, yeah, you can. You're going to do it with me. And that's how it started. And we, I got a Hertz for everyone, put the speaker in the middle of the room, gave everyone yoga blankets and said, here's blindfolds, yoga blankets, lay down. I'm not going to get to everyone writing symbols on you, but everybody lay down. If I, I'll see, let's just see what happens. And we did it. And then it has become now this thing that everybody wants to come to the house to do in person because it is really cool and it's really fun. So that was how Chris did it. He received an inspiration from a friend, me, 
that said, do this with me. And he did not say no. Right. He said, okay, even though he wanted to throw up with fear. Right. And now I bet if you asked him, doing this with me and with Crystal is the most fun thing he currently has his hands in. Mm, neat. When you see the light, the symbols on when you were talking about Drew and seeing that you could draw, you draw them out. Is that something that you put on paper and try to decode? Like what no, is- Well, we have, and a lot of them we can find certain symbols and some of them I even recognize like triangles that are sort of interlocked or upside down triangles, the onk symbol, which is mm-hmm. looks like a little bow tie sort of with the circle on top. I've drawn those. Some of them I don't recognize. We can pick pictures of them and just scroll through Google and, and different things. And we've found some of them. But it's the strangest thing of all the weird stuff, Ashley. And you know the weird stuff that's happened to me. <laughs> the way the symbols light up on people, I think, is the weirdest one. It's the weirdest one of all. I can talk to dead people. That seems to be no problem. That's mm-hmm. weird. But I look down at someone and it's just their skin. And sure enough, it looks like a projector from overhead is shining just a very faint light of a symbol, like in a stencil on their skin. And the first time I saw it was on Gary's leg and I put my hand over top of it. What am I seeing? And I was looking around the room going, trying to find the where the light was coming from, why I was seeing this. And I put my hand over it, got real low and it was still there. I said, oh my goodness. And if I laid my hand on it, it wasn't on my hand. What is that? It was like coming from inside them. And it's this very faint light. And I didn't know what to do with it. So I just traced it with my hand and realized when I do, it goes away. All right. So now I recognize it. And Chris has been able to see it. And I think Tammy was able to see it too, because Tammy was doing that you saw in video because Tammy does a lot of energy work. And so I drug her into it at the last retreat to do it with me. So, and that was an accident too. We were supposed to have a different group event. The person that was coming canceled. So I said, well, do you guys want to do this? And everybody was so excited. So that's what we did. But yeah, so now other people have been able to see them when I point them out. Look at this and watch me trace it. And so a couple people have been able to see it. I don't know. The Ankh is a protection symbol. The triangles are masculine and feminine energy, the inverted triangles. There is one that's a circle with a dot in it that I've now learned is the alchemy symbol for gold, but also for the sun. It's a symbol for the sun. And I believe to me, it's a symbol for the creator. Hmm. The round circle with a dot in the middle. So that ends up there. And then lots and lots of them that I don't recognize some. But if you look up angelic light language, you'll see people write light language too. Just Mm -hmm. some speak, some sing. You'll see symbols and some of them look like that with the squigglies and dots. I don't know. It's crazy. I mean, do you see that being like, you know, what have you learned from white light that what is the lessons that they're teaching you? That is where we're going. Like, is that, are we going to be talking like that? Are we going to forget? I mean, is that going to be one of our languages that we speak? I don't know. What I know about it and the way white light has explained it to me is that it is the language of your soul. It is the language of what is the origin of you. It is that language of your soul. When you get it and you speak it, it doesn't go through your brain. The best way I can describe that is just, when you start talking back to me in a minute, realize how much the speech is going through your head. 
you can feel it. Light language comes for me from like my root chakra or that sacral chakra. And it comes up from there and out, never goes through my head at all. And it feels like power. When I speak that language, the, the power that I feel, the energy that I feel is, it's like I could fly, Ashley. Hmm. It's unbelievable. And I don't know that it is something we would walk around and speak to each other, but mine is for sure a worship. I can feel that when I speak it. I know that what I'm doing, if I were to sit and you were laying down in front of me, what I'm doing is a worship, not as I'm less than, but as a reminder of who you are. Mm -hmm. You are magnificent. You are the creator. You are eternal. You are powerful. It feels like that's what I'm doing. And that's been explained to me a little bit by white light, that it is that I'm a reminder. And what Chris is doing is that he clears things that are ready for people to let go, to let the stuff that we're doing come in, let the new come in. He clears out. And I think it's just one of those things that puts physical love into the space, into the world. When you speak that language, you can feel it. It's so beautiful. And when I speak someone else's language and they speak back to me, they've never done it before. I'm doing an activation and all of a sudden they speak back or sing something. It's so beautiful. And I don't even know what they're saying, but I can feel it. It's incredible. Yeah. Gosh, I can't, I can't wait to have that experience, but I, you know, I think of when you have discovered like the DNA and all the, when I told you, when I was saying earlier, you know, you were giving me a, like a physics ex- <laughs> lesson before I left the retreat the last time. And I know that white light has taught you so much. And every day you probably get downloads from, and I know you do, and you are, act, you activate, I mean, you move forward and investigate everything and you're making, you know, learning and growing. But what would you say, like, you know, when you talk about we're all the creator, we're one, the way I look at life now is so, and since I saw you last, say just from February till now in our interview on this podcast, the way I see life, the way I see oneness, the way I see God, the way I see the, you know, everything. What, give me a description of how you see life, how you see Christy and where she participates in this life, where you see, I don't know if you've done past life, you know, where you kind of see where you're, why you're passionate about something because it's been always part of your soul and how your soul is in this body right now, expressing itself as Christy in this personality. Like explain that. Well, the oneness part of that question is really interesting because there are times where I can feel that oneness with everything and everyone. It doesn't last but I can feel it and it's crazy when it hits. It may only last for 60 seconds where I truly can feel it. The strange thing is that when I come out of it, I feel funny, like I feel weird. And I used to think it was because I was feeling the separation again because it doesn't, it feels wonderful to feel that. Mm-hmm. However, what I finally was explained to me by white light was that the reason I feel weird when I come back in is because when I feel that oneness, for me, it feels lonely. 
And White Light said, for you, the question is, am I one with all and alone or am I separate and have friends, have those surrounding me? And I can feel that one. That is very interesting. I love knowing that I'm one with you, my friend, Ashley, but I do not want to merge with you. I like talking to you. Right. I like spending time with you. And for me to see that oneness is with the clarity that I can sometimes see it is disturbing. Hmm. I don't, I don't mean to freak people out, but it is, it is very strange. So that's a part of it. The past life thing, some of the interesting stuff when Gary and I discovered a past life that we had shared, it was given to us in these shadows on the wall. And what was so much fun about it was that I was able to interpret some things and he was able to. And even when he, I saw the girl and I said, he said to me, Gary said, oh, you see her? And I said, yeah, he said, what is her name? And I said, it's, it's Sophie. And at the same time I had said, Sophie, he said, Marie. And I looked at him, I said, no, it's Sophie. He said, no, it's Marie. Well, we had that happen through this hour or so process of watching this movie on the wall, which sounds ridiculous. Was this in the shadow? <laughs> and we do this. The things you do, I would be a fly on the wall. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. So I went to sleep and he stayed up all night researching all of this stuff we had found. Without making it a very long story, we found that this past life was someone named Marie-Sophie Germain. She's a mathematician. She died in 1831. And 831 is how I sign everything. Eight letters, three words, one meaning. We did not notice that at the time. She, because she was female and she was a brilliant mathematician, she had to go through a friend who was in a school and she would give her theories and papers to him. He would give them and get them graded and give them back to her. And she studied and did some things that way. And when she started producing her own work, her own theories, there's a now what's called the Germain, I think it's Germain prime numbers. She found a theory about prime numbers. She's brilliant. And she worked in vibration a lot Hmm. and in physics a bit and with vibration. But she submitted all of her work under a pen name that had to be a man or no one would take it seriously. We researched this and Gary and I both knew this and we found the man that was Gary and it was amazing how we did this. But it was months later when I'm speaking to White Light and I said, why am I not as brilliant as Marie-Sophie if I was her in a past life with math? And then I chuckled and I said, well, she was probably just connecting to infinite intelligence in one area and I get you, right? I get to everything because of you. And White Light said, we were with her. We were with you then. We have always been with you. And I said, oh, you were? So she was accessing just the math? And White Light said, she worked under a pen name, you recall. And I said, yes. And they said, what was the pen name? It was Monsieur LeBlanc, Mr. White. Oh my gosh. I nearly fell into a puddle. And that was months after we discovered the story. We know for a fact it's true because we were both getting the information separately, watching this silly movie and taking everything I'd gotten from it and everything he did, the time, this place, the names, 
he was able to put this whole story together. Gary was yeah. just using Google. Isn't How that crazy? Do I don't yes. know if I answered your question. I'm sorry. No, you did. And I'm thinking of my <laughs> next one is because I'm thinking of how you can think of time now because it's taken me a long time to understand that everything's happening right now. And you are that Marie Sophie right now. Right now. You know, the parallel lives, you know, we're past, present, and the future all right now. Give me that, Christy, and your new... <laughs> this, For my new... Okay. Where you are now with that right. whole concept. Listen. It's a really interesting question. And I think a lot of us, you are one of those brilliant minds who, when I say things, you ponder it for a bit and then you were able to come back to me. It's, it's very interesting to watch your brain work. Oh, so funny. I see time, white light's been working with me for a while to, they spark me linear thinking, linear thinking, stop with that. So, and I get it. I'm in this reality and I have to, but one ability that I have is to be able to walk up to a building. And if I'm standing right there in front of it, I can go back in time visually in my mind and I can see when it was not there and then see it start to be built and know the year. I don't know how I know the year, but I can do that anywhere unless it's somewhere, something that was built after the year of my birth, which I don't really understand. And what I have learned from white light and physics and reading more physics and starting to understand things now, I'm led to experiments and led to things. The way that I see it, time and space are like the toroidal field, right? A torus that it's like a donut sort of that rotates inside itself. And so as space gets smaller. So you collapse space by walking from this point to that point. So I'm collapsing space by moving. And it takes a certain amount of time to collapse space. So I see them sort of turning inside out. They are a dimension on their own, but parallel realities within a dimension. Now that's a bit heady. So they just are reversed turning inside out. When we're in this reality of space where space has three dimensions, right? Mm-hmm. Length, width, and height. Time only has one dimension, that straight x-axis. That's it. Linear time. When you move into the reality where space only has one dimension, which is what I'm doing, where I'm just seeing a flat photograph of something, but I can see it in directions. I can see the three dimensions of time, past, present, and future mm-hmm. in that location. So, but space is only one dimensional. I just see like a photograph and nothing moves. Does that make sense? Right. But it's like slides. So I see time. I love to play in linear time. It's a gift to us. It isn't a curse. It's a gift. Because we can have a perspective on something. And as we approach a new experience, we can change our perspective. We have time so that we can experience something in joy. Mm-hmm. That is the beauty. We only experience one thing at a time and we have time to change our perspective before we arrive somewhere so that we can experience it in joy. So I think of linear time as a gift, but mm-hmm. I also understand it isn't quite real in the way that we think that it is. Right. I love that. That's really, that's a new one for me. Joy, I love that. When you look at souls and when you understand our souls and we all come from one oneness, but we're 
either you always, I use the phrase, she's an old soul or he doesn't you know, like, uh, he's not that, old, you know, like not a really aware, kind of like not interested in this kind of stuff. They're not, they wouldn't be part of the retreat, you know, and in my head, like, but do you see it that way? Do you see like people, different levels, like soul levels where they, you know, they've done this so many times on this earth school or they've been, you know, in a human body, but I know we're talking about it's all happening now. So Right. But you do gain the perspective of all of your other lives in this one, right? Right. You gain it as it's happening. So your past lives have access to this new perspective that you have gained in this life. So it's changing those lives. They're always different. And so how do I see souls? You know, that's, I have thought about that before. The way that I see it. Yes, I believe there is evolution to a consciousness, to a soul as, as you you know, come in and you experience a life here and a life there and a life here and so many. I believe there's evolution. What I don't quite know is if from our human perspective, if we can really look and experience and say, that would be the experience of someone who hasn't been here often. But I think what you might be tapping into is that when someone is in a whole lot of fear and a lot of control and they are just really trying to survive this life, Mm -hmm. to me, that is an indication of a not having too many lives in this third density, in this, this is a difficult one. We forget who we are completely. Other densities don't do that. So that seems to be that indication. And if you're speaking to someone as you do, you work with kids so much and you speak with them and you can look at them, look in their eyes and recognize, I believe that's a clear cognizance that you might have. You may hear people say, oh, it's an old soul owner. So what they're talking about is some sort of wisdom or smarts. I think what you might be seeing, in fact, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure of it, is that that's part of your gift. Hmm is that you look at someone and you can sense from them that they've done this many times. Can you tell that when you see someone, you can get a sense that this one has a very big, broad, intense purpose to live out where at other times you are with someone and it's not that you don't feel love or feel that they're brilliant, but you can sense that they're just here to just experience life in whatever way it comes, Mm -hmm. I think that might be a gift you have. Huh. Oh, I love that. I don't necessarily get that. In a reading, sometimes I will, but that's because it's being given to me in a different way. I think you have a cognizance about people that might be that, which could be why you're drawn to children. Probably. Yes, I'm very drawn. So let's talk about abundance and money and I think your life has taken a turn and, and we, I've listened to you talk about, you know, your old corporate job and you lived a really, you know, abundant life. I mean, if you want to look at it that way. Mm-hmm. And now you're kind of like living in this place of I've shifted and I'm, you know, I'm living in a different way. And I, I think you look at abundance and money in a different way. Don't you? I do. I, I definitely do. And it's shifting all the time though, I I promise that it is 
and has always been what I call my spiritual Achilles heel money. Hmm. I really enjoyed money. I do enjoy it. I love it. It is a really fun thing to have. And I spent a number of years driving spectacular cars, traveling first class, living. And yet I still do. And I don't seem to have the same income. If you were to look at the numbers, it doesn't seem the same. Yet those sorts of things haven't changed much. Mm -hmm. Traveled a little bit economy class a few times and done some of that. But overall, I'm still doing a lot of the same things. Now, someone told me recently, a very good friend of mine, her name is Isabel, and and she does hypnotherapy. And and we were talking about money and she's come across something. And it was about understanding that money is consciousness and building a relationship with money that is somewhat more along those lines of a friendship a relationship that is a give and take in a way of appreciation and gratitude. And that is a very interesting thing to think about. I I just think it is such a distraction in so many ways to do things because you need the money. And I understand the idea of responsibility, having a family to take care of, bills to pay, and I understand that more than anyone could know. And I don't advocate that you just put your job in and lay under a tree, but slowly shifting and and finding little ways. And this is all I've done. And and I still continue to do it to appreciate money, but not, not imprison it, not try to make it be something to love it, to care for it when I have it, to share it. And to allow myself to do things that I feel truly inspired to do and speak to myself when I'm using it to obtain some sort of other feeling, some kind of comfort to avoid something else, to deal with something else. And just to notice that. And then with Isabel's most recent advice, now I'm beginning to say, okay, money, I would like to buy this sweater. (laughs) I would like to buy these shoes, whatever it is. But I feel like we're going to do this together. Is it something that we're inspired to do? And it's very quick, Mm -hmm. but I can feel it a little bit. And it's beginning to answer back in quite a unique way. And I'm I'm interested to see where this goes. But yeah, abundance is, is just knowing that you always have what you need to do what you need to do. And I don't, I'm not always there. thing I, I know about this doing this work is this just gets deeper. There's not a point where, ah, I'm there. I'm right. gone now. I'm not. I still get in those moments where I cry. I want to throw a plate. I have a panic attack about some bill I have to pay. It happens all the time. And right. it's just the difference is that it doesn't last and I know what to do. And I have help and support in friends and things I can go to, a white light to get me through it that I didn't have before, but all the same stuff still occurs. It still happens just in different ways. Yeah. Oh yeah. Love it. I, you know, I look back in my life when you were talking about that, I used to have a day spa and I started it with nothing. And 
I remember going to the bank when I would have checks to deposit and I would sit there with a pen and write, I just need, you know, this amount. And I'd always ask, could you please write the, my balance on the deposit slip? And I would just sit there and visualize like whatever, $18,000. And I'm not kidding. They would write that number. And I just kept thinking, okay, Ashley, let's do it again. You know, but I had so, it was a lot of pressure. And I remember thinking, okay, I've got to figure out how to pay these people and keep this place open. But I, I remember thinking when I let it go and trusted and knew that there was, it's always going to be there. And I just didn't have that, that heaviness. I knew when that, and I knew that number was going to come be written on that piece of paper. I knew it. I just, mm-hmm. there was this knowing. And, you know, and I'm raising claircognizance again. You oh, are, okay. your claircognizance, that's one oh. of your abilities. Sorry, go ahead. Because huh. I do have a know, I do like when I pick out things, like if I'm going to pick out paint for my wall, it's like, I know that's the one. Like, they're like, what? <laughs> you, I just know I that, that's the couch or that's the chair. I don't ponder the question, you know, the which one is going to be. But I just have that, like, when I'm raising my family, I guess that's what I was saying. It's like with the girls and you want them to have an awareness of, you know, if money doesn't grow on trees. and But you still want them to have that knowing that whatever you do that you love, money comes. And when you find that passion that you... I mean, I'm at the place now that Paige is getting ready to go to college and we're talking about majors and thinking of the future and trying to like develop that, you know, whatever's coming through her. And it's so fun. But, you know, you talk about a new life in college and bills and you have to pay, you're going to be, there's going to be a lot of things coming up. But when you teach that as a mom, you also, I want them to understand that feeling of trusting and knowing, but you know what I mean? There's just like a little fine line in parenting, I guess, is my point. I mean, that was the the thing raising her too. It, it is that fine line of shedding light on something and not ingraining a belief that is so pervasive in society already that work hard, do, right? To pay your bills, do all of these things. Right. There's the thing that I, I try to go to now is where we started on this podcast, which is that letting go of my attachment to an outcome. Yes, I enjoy money, but if a bill comes and in that moment, I can't pay it, that is also perfect. Right. And whatever happens, have money, don't have money. It is exactly where I need to be in that moment. And I know what to do. The only reason I want money is because it makes me feel good. If I can just feel good, Right. I really don't need the money. I certainly don't. So now, what is that relationship with it? Is it that I need it? Absolutely not. I can feel good no matter what. I want it. Okay, that's fine. At least I think I do. But is it what I truly want? I have no way to know. So all I'm going to do is follow my inspiration and trust. If money, if I don't make money doing a certain thing, then that's exactly what I needed to see. It's what I needed right. to have happen. And so I've even been working on that with Lily, with my daughter too. Just she's working so hard starting this business after graduating from college and so much stress that as sweetheart, there is not going to be a happy ending here to this very unhappy journey. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you make money at this. Do you love it? 
than just do it and do what you're inspired to do. The stuff will show up for you to do and you'll see. But if you have zero money in your bank account, promise you it's okay, right? It is still okay. Right. And, you know, we all have that baseline vibration. You live a certain lifestyle and you have since you were a child, generally. Me too. My lifestyle is better than my parents slightly, but generally I vibrate right about here in terms of socioeconomic status. So it is unlikely that I'm going to experience being homeless, right? That is unlikely. And so should I worry about that? No, because if I do, then that'll be just fine. That's what I need to do. But that stuff is so far away. You do have a set point. Now from here, where do you want to go? I'm going to drop below that. Generally, you're just not. You just, this is where you are. So that's an interesting one to explain to Lily. You're going to be fine. You're going to be here. You'll have a home. You'll have a car. You'll have a phone. (laughs) It's fine. Right? Yes, you're going to be fine. We talk a lot in the courses that I've taken with you and Gary, like about law of attraction and vibration and manifesting and the desire. And I teach that too. And I teach that to kids. And I do use a lot of things that I've learned from you and Gary in my classes through that. I love how when you talk about, you know, the desire and that inspired thought and the vibration that you have to feel, you know, you can go sit in a Bentley and feel this richness and, you know, get your fur coat on and your whatever purse, you know, and get that vibration and that feeling, right? That, and I used to always say to my girls that worked for me, if they drove a, dumpy truck, go, go to the car dealership and get in a neat car, smell the leather, feel that feeling. You know, that was in 20, 30 years ago, but I'm like that feel the Abraham Hicks moments, my Mm -hmm. early years, but you know, like feel that. But how do you now in this new Christie world, look at life and manifesting and law of attraction, like all that. How do you look at that? Yeah. I'm very clear on the difference between what I think I want and what I truly want. And all that means is that my inner self knows what I truly want. I don't. Because if you had shown me the life I'm living right now, five years ago, I would have run screaming in the other direction. I'm standing up, doing energy work, speaking light language, talking to dead people, doing readings, traveling back and forth from Tampa, not in my beautiful new home half the time. There's so many things that I would have said, there's no way, and I would have run. So. I'm happier than I've ever been. My inner self knew that and knew where to take me. So that's the first part is Mm -hmm. the difference, knowing that difference. The second part to me is to, when I have an inspiration, I recognize if I'm inspired to go to the gym and I say, I'm tired, I don't feel like going, that's fear. If the desire to go to the gym is stronger than the fear, I will go. If the inspiration is to do something else, skydive or something, I like that stuff, but let's say it is, and the fear is too great, the fear is greater than the desire, I won't do it. And I will be very unlikely to even hear that inspiration. But if I could hear it and would put past fear, it would be the fastest way for me to get to what I truly want. So now I play with that. I feel Mm -hmm. this. Is it an inspiration? Yes. Then the other thing is that simple understanding of manifesting something, I let go of the outcome. Rather than just knowing I want a new car, 
that cultivating the feeling by going to get a new car is an awesome way to do that. You can also say, why do I want a new car? Because I think it's going to make me feel something. It's the only reason you want anything. Right. Test me on that one. I promise it's true. So what is the feeling this new car is going to give me? Safety? Security? What is it? It should be different for anyone. What do I have in my life that gives me that feeling? Think about that. Cultivate that feeling because this universe will respond to it. If it's safety and security, then think about what else is in your life that gives you that feeling. Think about it, feel it, appreciate it, love it. You will not only get more of that, you will get more things that make you feel safe and secure. The new car will be one of them and it will show up. So that would be my, that's my number three, breakdown on abundance. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. This Okay, last one. See, I keep getting these thoughts. I was listening to an interview that you were doing the other day about when you decided, forget it, I'm just going to eat. I'm not going to worry about working out. I'm going to see him, like the identity and how you grew up and your father was heavy. I didn't know that. Like he was an overweight man and how he lived his life and and how you went about like just accepting because I mean, I'm, we're about the same age and, you know, we go through this life where you, you know, your body shifts and changes and, but you came to this acceptance. It was a process. I realized that I was struggling with that worthless and worth everything. And in that struggle, I felt that as I was aging, my value was going away. And I recognized it that. I wasn't invisible yet, but it frightened me. I said, wait a minute. If I cannot see my value beyond what I look like, and I knew I was intelligent and kind, and not, but it just, I'm sorry, just how I grew up and I believed 90% of my value was based in what I looked like. And so I felt like doing something drastic. Was it an inspiration? I think so. I do to this day. It sounds weird, but I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to go there and I will find it some way. And so I cut my hair off and I just let my eight Oreos and donuts and let myself gain like 30 pounds. <laughs> huh. There's a lot of weight. I mean, I really, it really was, may not have been 30, but it was a lot. I looked like not great. <laughs> it was really funny. Huh. But in that, I just, it wasn't like this overnight decision, right? This kind of happened over. I felt myself leaning there and leaning there and I showed up and she said something about my hair. I said, cut it off. It's just little decisions. And in that, I started to recognize the moments where I would be uncomfortable, when I would not want to go out to do something, Mm -hmm. when things would not be fun. And I started to recognize where I my looks were the reason I was having a good time. My looks were the reason I was, it It sounds crazy, but it is maybe just unique to me. I just started to recognize it. And so then I said, okay, well, where can I contribute here? How could this be fun if I feel invisible or feel like, you know, this, this toad in the room, right? And I started playing with it and it really, it shifted me a lot. And as in what way, like what way? Weight, over time, it just naturally fell off. My hair grew and I cut it off a little bit more. So I don't like it long. Actually, I like it in this in-between. And I found things that I liked about myself. And a lot of things happened. 
And the feedback started to shift from other people. And I found myself becoming wise and that power, love, and wisdom, the wisdom was starting to expand of that Trinity. And I began to really love where I was and the perspective of being 54, right? At the time. So, right. I love that. I don't, I, I loved hearing that because I think we give, there's so much pressure, like you say, like doing stuff and I you get to the place of our age and, and I don't know, your, our bodies are different and that acceptance and just that, that self love. And I want to be that person for my girls. You know, I, I always want to portray that only thing that matters is that you love yourself and it just exudes through you if you're, 300 pounds or 20, whatever it is. It's just that, that true love that you've, that's what that taught me when you did that was like, you're really learning to really love you, you know, and it didn't matter what I looked like or what, what size pants I wore, or what, you know what I mean? Right. Or with my hair yeah. was long or short, you know, whatever you had this vision of. And I, hey, yeah, I stopped getting Botox. I stopped doing all that. I just was like, I, I'm not doing it. I'm just not. And it was just a little bit, the appointment came up and it was like, you're due for your Botox in a couple of weeks. And I went, I called, I said, no, not coming. And I just let it all go. And it wasn't that I stopped caring about me. It was that just pushing through a little bit, what's really here? What is really going on? Why do I have to have this for everyone out there? And it didn't mean I'm never doing that again because I did lose weight. I've gained more weight back, but I did. And I had fun doing it. It just fell off. All of that stuff is great, but it it really did teach me how to love myself. And I've got to tell you that when I'm channeling or doing a reading, I get on Zoom to do a reading for someone or run into a stranger, like the story that you know, where I, I say something to someone. When I am in that zone where I'm doing light language or whatever, the comments that I get about my physical appearance are like none I've ever gotten. None I got mm-hmm. when I was, you know, the Derby Queen and night, you know, whatever year it was, 1988, a long time ago. The comments are things like, wow, you are so beautiful. You look like an angel. Those kinds of, and I realize they are not seeing this. They're right. seeing something that's coming through me that I'm channeling some energy, some spiritual thing. And if you've got that and friends that love you, I'm very happy to let the 25 and 30 year old women have that stage. Right. Girls, I had mine. Right. And you were spectacular and I will admire that art from here. I don't need that anymore. I had that. This is a perspective of beauty that is inside and out. And I really starting to enjoy it. It's not always easy, but I'm starting to really enjoy it. Yeah. I love that. Chrissy, it goes by so fast. And I, why don't we end on where you see you going? Like, do you look ahead like a year and six months out? Like, what do you want to do? I laughed so hard at that. I used to do that. And now I know I can't. I can't. I can only <laughs> plan a month ahead because things, oh, well, I guess that's not happening. So I don't. I just, I'm still doing every day what you brought up surprise and delight. And I, wrote that every day in my daily spiritual practice. I still do it. I still write those words. I intend to be surprised and delighted today. And that is the first thing I write every day. And 
I am always surprised and delighted. It is always better than I imagined. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea. We have laughed that I am going to be doing activations in arenas for 20,000 people. And that may oh, wow. be true. No, huh. I'm kidding. But yeah, you know, the, the one thing that I just slid backwards into the courses, everything that we have going on, I have no idea, but I know it's going to be a great yes. ride. It's really fun. And, you know, just more retreats, more things of getting together with our friends like you. And that's it. I have no expectation at all other than surprise. Isn't that amazing to live like that? (laughs) Yeah, I love it. That's how, I mean, I I do too. And it's so, I wake up in the morning and it's, I'm excited for my, you know, what it is. What is it going to be? Get, you know, walk the dogs and what am I going to see today? I mean, it's just a way that, you know, you like when you, are with people that have the same thinking and have the same like outlook and they're not forcing life or they're not trying to get somewhere and they know it's all, you're all going, you're leading into where you're supposed to be and it's perfect. And to live in that place of it is perfect. And I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing right now. And I am in gratitude and thankful and in love and all those things. And, oh, how could life get any better? I don't know. It keeps doing that though. It keeps getting better. So I'm not going to go looking for trouble. Right? I'm not going <laughs> to try to control it myself. Right? I'm, no, I'm not. I'm not. Plan a trip here or there. We were talking about doing a retreat in Europe next summer, things like that. But other than that, Just let it come. Yeah, I love it. Oh, Christy, I just love you. And I'm so grateful for this time together. And I love um, you too. This is so excited. Thank you. And we will will see you. You have your podcast with Gary, The Unimaginable Life is fun to listen to. I listened to the ghost stories yesterday. That was fun. (laughs) The Halloween episode. But that's fun to listen to. And then sometimes you're on Joshua Live and we can find you. You can get a yeah. reading, a medium. Right. Uh, ChristyLevy.com. So all the readings, the coaching, all of that is on there. My YouTube channel is also Christy Levy. And then the activations and the classes are on my website as well. So it's okay. all there. Perfect. ChristyLevy.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, always look for the magic.